It is Monday, September 4th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Week one of the college football season wraps up tonight. And Coach Prime keeping those receipts. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your Labor Day. Florida State pulls away in the second half, puts a whooping on LSU. And we'll recap the first weekend of the college football season. Really, I know we had week zero last week, AJ, but that this was, was different, like, baby. Yeah, this just felt different. We had the majority of the top 20. Well, we had all the top 25 in action. I know some teams had the games last week, but no, 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 no. Let's talk about what we saw. And we'll start with last night's game, which was the game of the entire week. And that's Florida State over LSU. 45 24. This was a game that was LSU leading at the half 17 14. Yeah, this was a, a like the final score doesn't tell you how good this game was. This was a competitive game until the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, the depth of LSU was just gone. They were exhausted. The pass rush was exhausted. Jordan Travis had more time. The secondary was worn out. They couldn't keep it. Florida State just has so many weapons. And the offensive line for for LSU was was feeling it as well. And you saw Florida State, the, it just started to roll downhill for them. Uh-huh. And they were bullies in the fourth quarter. And the 24 for LSU, the, I mean – it was a touchdown with you know under a minute left that really was it meant nothing. Uh, this was the game was already what it was forty five to seventeen when that got scored. It was a blowout, uh, so it made the final score look a little bit closer. But this was a, a a really good game that turned into just a total ass whooping. And Florida State is the real deal because uh, that was a good LSU team that they made look really really bad late. I was gonna say this has to either change your opinion or confirm your opinion about Florida State because they looked every bit the part of a national title contender last night. Yeah, you know, I picked them to win the ACC, and I I think they've got a real shot at being a playoff team because this was one of the better teams on their schedule, and they made it look like it wasn't competitive. Jordan Travis is the real deal. They've got weapons everywhere. I I mean, Keon Coleman obviously – uh, was a, a major impact. That's a guy who it's his. It was his first game with the team. Jaheim Bell, same thing. First t- first game with the team. John, and they're added to Johnny Wilson, who's already like a, a matchup nightmare. So when he catches the ball, when he catches the ball, yeah. But I mean, this is a guy who I mean, like they have they have talent all over the field. They've got a quarterback that they believe in. They're well coached. The defense is obviously good. Like, what's not to like about this team right now? And and it's. The only reason why you you doubt you could doubt Florida State right now is they had that three or four year run where they were down, but mm-hmm. this looks like your standard Florida State Seminoles football team. Yeah, absolutely. And you speak of the quarterback Jordan Travis, and he started off great. I had tweeted out, you know, I was live tweeting during the game, and I said the Jordan Travis Heisman campaign is on. And then he made some really bad decisions on back to back drives, and then I tweeted out, man. He went from poised to panic real fast. But then as the game progressed throughout the second half, 
the Heisman campaign was back on. He finishes 23 of 31, 342 yards passing, four touchdowns with one interception. He also rushed for 38 yards and a score. And looking at the updated Heisman odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook, Jordan Travis of Florida State is your third favorite to win the Heisman now after one week. Caleb Williams, the favorite. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, the second favorite at 8-1. to one. Jordan Travis at 10-1, to one, your third favorite to win the Heisman. I mean, that's uh, that's something right there because I mean, two of those guys are in the same conference. They're going to play each other. Somebody's going to get knocked off. And, you know, Jordan Travis looks like he's got a nice path. Uh, it, it's basically, hey, beat Clemson. This team has a really good chance of, like I said, going going unbeaten or having one loss at the end of the season. He's going to put up numbers like this, I think. And this offense is built for him. I thought they were going to run the ball a lot more than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think running the and you know LSU to their credit, that's one thing they did effectively early was was take away the run. Uh, they they ended up playing defense a little bit differently than I expected them to. I I thought it was going to be more of uh, I I thought they were going to be more aggressive as pass rushers and like the idea that Harold Perkins like rushed the passer on something like eight plays or something like that. I thought was very odd, uh, but so that he had time i just don't know there's not a lot of defenses they're going to play that are better than this lsu defense and they made this lsu defense look bad jordan travis the real deal and he and Jaden daniels went into the game with the same heisman odds obviously mm-hmm. not the same <laughs> anymore and florida state remains undefeated when playing in orlando think about that's that. wild that's yeah yeah i think it's, it's like 11 no, they're 11 0 and 2. They've had two ties oh, there. Me, yeah. Me. Yeah. 13 but, with 13 is. Yeah. So they have not lost now playing in Orlando. And next week is their home opener, even, even though this one was pretty much a home game three hours away from campus. But it sure felt home, like it. Yes. A home opener against Southern Miss. And they are 29 and a half point favorites with a total of 52. And if they were able to put up the points that they put up last night, 45 against LSU, they should be able to score that many against Southern Miss. Got to avoid having a letdown, but this offense should click. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, this this game will follow up with the the Southern Miss game will be followed up by Boston College, who lost, you know, outright uh, this weekend and then the big Clemson game. So, you know, I, I worry about betting on. Florida State in these next two games because I think they're gonna they're gonna start to be a little more vanilla now now that they've gotten mm-hmm. the big test out of the way and and start prepping themselves for that big matchup against Clemson later in this month. Well, AJ, the big story of the weekend was Coach Prime Coach Prime's debut. Colorado defeating number seventeen TCU in Fort Worth, forty five forty two. Shador Sanders setting Colorado records five hundred and ten passing yards and four touchdowns as Colorado looked. They looked so impressive, but I caution people uh, uh, on this. Yes, we may have underestimated Colorado, but also maybe we overrated TCU. It's like it, it can't. It can't just be that Colorado is this good and they did this to def- you know, a team that played for a national championship last year. It also has to be some of the other part, which is TCU is not as good as they were last year. Yeah, particularly on defense. They actually looked better than I expected them to on offense, uh, but defensively they were just raggedy. Uh, yeah, this is not – it's not your typical national championship runner-up you know team this is and the fact that they were the 17th ranked team in the country i thought was was probably ridiculous anyway 
did I think they were going to lose this game outright? No, no way. But uh, I, I didn't expect them to be even close to what we saw a year ago. That said, you know, even if they like, if you think TCU is an average football team, then Colorado is already better than what we expected them to be because the fact that they won this game on the road against, let's just say again, an average football team, that's mm-hmm. more than what Colorado has been able to do in the past couple of years. And it's more than anybody expected them to do this year. So this was a, an incredible start to the prime era. Well, the market is completely adjusted. They opened up as seven and a half point dogs when the first lines came out for their game against Nebraska next week. And it has now moved to Colorado minus three against Nebraska. AJ, I was waiting to see the first three on the board because I took Nebraska plus the three points already. And yeah, I'll, prob- if I'll I probably see- be on corn too. If I see a three and a half, guess what? I'm going to take Nebraska plus three and a half as well. This is such an adjustment. Again, I get it. We may have underestimated this team, but we still have to see it consistently. Travis Hunter playing every single snap of a game is not sustainable for an entire season. And what happens when this team faces adversity? What we don't know yet. Everything went their way. In the first game, let's see what happens now. It's it's easy to play as the underdog, as the team that is not being respected. And now you are the favorite and you are expected to perform. Let's see how they handle this pressure. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. And they've got a, this Nebraska game and a Colorado State game before they dive into the the conference schedule. And they dive right into the fire going to Oregon and then, and then home to USC right after it. So uh, I'm real. I'll be watching closely. I I don't know if I'll be uh, if I'll be back in my boys of corn, but either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping a close eye. And if Colorado keeps winning, again, I, I'm I'm gonna find a spot and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be against them. So I, I again, I I think that this is a, it's a nice story. I don't mm-hmm. mean to take away from it, but I do think it's impossible to take a team that was so bad a year ago and turn them into a good football team overnight. And if he does it, then you know what? Egg on my face, he'll be the first guy to have ever done it. But I'm going to uh, to keep doubting until until I'm certain that that's not the case. What's interesting is Circa opened up Colorado as a five-point favorite, and they were hammered. And so they have reduced the line now to two. Uh, Jeff Benson spoke to Patrick Everson of Vegas Insider, and he said, uh, quote, we hung the number we thought was right, and then the market tells us what they think of it. The market disagreed with our adjustment on Dion's team and blasted us on the dog. We went from Nebraska plus five to plus two. That could be people scalping to the market or not believing the hype. So Circa made an over adjustment and the sharps who are the ones that like, let's, let's remind people the public is not the ones that are betting the limits when the lines open at two o'clock on Sunday. No, it's the sharps here in town that are hitting the books on the openers at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, the day after the games. So if the sharps are coming in like Fezzik and, and betting on Nebraska plus the points, we're seeing the reaction here. Yeah. And this is uh that's, I think, them taking that position was bold. I just think that they they may have overestimated. A too bold because the sharps aren't. They're not going to be as bought into the hype as yeah. Joe Schmo, who sat on his couch and saw Coach Prime won. You know, they all think, oh, the TCU. They were in the national championship a year ago. No, this is uh, this is real money moving those numbers. 
All right, let's take a look at some of the other uh, reactions, overreactions, underreactions to the first Saturday, the first full Saturday of the college football season. Uh, I mentioned Michael Penix Jr., the second favorite for the Heisman. I got it at 16 to 1 a couple of weeks ago, AJ. He's at 8 to 1 now after throwing for 450 yards and five touchdowns against Boise State. Yeah, Washington was one of my favorite plays this week. And uh, I, you kept saying, you, you were texting me, Penix for Heisman. And I was like, well, let's see if he covers. Because <laughs> uh, he didn't do anything in the first quarter. I was getting a little frustrated. But boy, did they pour it on. And that offense, like I said, they're going to have their way with a lot of teams. Boise ended up being no exception. 56 points in the opener for Washington. This team is legit. Texas fails to cover against Rice. How much of it was just getting out of there with a win and not showing too much in preparation for their matchup with Alabama this week? I, I think it was two-headed because it was two different things that happened there. There was the the first half where they just didn't click offensively. It wasn't a good first half for them on, on the offensive side. Uh, it's, and I don't think that was because they weren't trying to show anything. I just think they were struggling to get on the same page. The second half, they came out of the locker room and they were on fire. Uh, Ewers looked incredible. They go to the, they go to the backups. Malik Murphy uh, was the first quarterback off the bench, as I, I said. And it, mm-hmm. you know, RJ and I went back and forth on this. Like Malik Murphy is the real. This is a real prospect, uh, but he didn't put any points on the board, and the the, the offense kind of kind of stalled out. There was some chances for them to to maybe get something done. They didn't. They let Rice get a late touchdown in. Uh, They're starting running back left the game with an injury didn't return so some things didn't go great for texas uh this was i mean it was still a, a nice performance by them it feels like if they wanted to keep their foot on the gas they could have but I, I think late in the game specifically like the fourth quarter they said you know what we're good let's get out of here healthy let's be ready for alabama next week texas a seven and a half point dog against alabama we will certainly talk about that game on the upcoming college football podcast which you can catch uh tuesday night or wednesday morning depending on whenever you get it on your favorite podcast app let's talk about the new look iowa offense aj got off to a bang when cade mcnamara threw a touchdown on their first drive they put up 14 points in the first quarter and everyone says you know what the contract incentives, Iowa's going to score more points, they're going to pass the ball, this is going to be an explosive offense. Well, they didn't even get to 25 as they finished the first half with 17 points and they only get one touchdown in the second half. Yeah, this was a, a bit of a disappointing performance for, for Iowa at the end of the day because this Utah State team is not good. And, of course, I played Utah State under, team total under 9.5, they score a touchdown with a minute and a half to go to uh, to beat that, which was mm. super fun. Uh, once they were down twenty four to six, Iowa Iowa decided, yeah, we're just going to let them roll in for one more touchdown here. Uh, but this was a it, it wasn't a close game, it wasn't a competitive game. But what we all expected was Iowa was going to have this new offense, and they were going to they were going to go a little bit faster. They were going to push the offense. Uh, we were going to see more modern offense, and yep. like you said, we did you know, for the first quarter. And then it sort of turned back into Iowa and it looked like an Iowa football game. And the final score is a very Iowa football score, 24 to 14. And that's against a team that's not very good in Utah state. So uh, I'd have, I'd have concerns if I'm an Iowa fan that it may take some time for these guys to get used to this. Let's stick in the Big Ten, and we'll talk about Michigan playing without head coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, They put up 30 points, but it it felt, A.J., like it could have been a lot more. 
It did. This wasn't the typical uh, Michigan bully style. Like normally they get these small teams coming in and they just beat their heads in. That wasn't the case. This was a uh, maybe it would, they were just trying to explore some things offensively, maybe try some new things out. Maybe they, the lack of an offensive coordinator there was a, a real factor. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the, you look at the box score and you say, Oh, well, Blake Corum had a big day. You know, JJ McCarthy had a, a very strong day. He was 26 of 30, 280 yards, three touchdowns. Like I, how much better could he have been? Michigan defense held East Carolina to three. I think this was a matter of just not wanting to uh, to to put a whole bunch on film. Yeah, probably. And they're going to rotate the head coaching for the first couple of weeks without Harbaugh. So it's going to be a different head coach uh, for the next two weeks. And we should see more from this Michigan offense. But I think, you know, it was the first game. Get it out of the way. Get the win. The game was never in doubt. So, yes, I mean, you could have. It would have been nice to see them bully. Uh, opponents like some other teams did this week and they were one I was tracking the trend of the 30 point home favorites in week one and it went seven and three so one of the three teams that did not cover as the 30 or more point home favorite in a a non-conference game in week one was Michigan who failed to cover in their spread. Also, one of the teams that failed to cover was Georgia, but they were 50 and a half point favorites and they won the game by 41. Like, yeah, do we count that? I I mean, I don't know. Do we, should we count that 50 and a half point favorites? They win the game by 41. I, I I just, just, I didn't count it because I assumed the, the stat was on FBS versus FBS teams, but that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just non, yeah. It was just crazy. Uh, Yeah. They don't cover that spread. Uh, Speaking of not covering now, this did not fall into the, the trend because it was a conference game and they were on the road. And that was Ohio state as a 30 and a half point favorite at Indiana. This was way too close for comfort for the Buckeyes in what was not an impressive debut for Kyle McCord. Yeah, we talked about Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and how I expect them to kind of rotate through until they find who the right guy is. Kyle McCord didn't make a great first impression. 20 of 33, 239 and a pick. This was rough. And even the the rushing game never really got going. Trayvon Henderson didn't have a big day. Uh, Indiana put up a fight. And kudos to them for going out there and not rolling over. But yeah, if I'm Ryan Day I, and I see Kyle McCord, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling as confident as I felt the last couple of years with the quarterbacks that the Buckeyes have had. And I know that you know Harrison goes down awkwardly and and hurts the yep. shoulder, but he came back into the game. But he was just never. I mean, he was targeted a bunch, but he was he was he was non-existent. So he was not a factor. I don't, I don't know if him and McCord are not on the same page, or maybe after the injury he was just a decoy, whatever. But Ohio State certainly has to be better. Uh, than what they showed against Indiana. Well, don't be shocked if we see Devin Brown next week against Youngstown State. Mm. And they, again, I, I said this last week, I think the, the Youngstown game, I'm sure by the Western Kentucky game in week three, they'd like to have a, a decision made. That way they, they're comfortable with what they've got going into week four at Notre Dame, which is a big game for them. Well, let's preview the game tonight. It is a standalone game here on Labor Day, and we have Clemson, number nine in the nation at Duke, and the Tigers are laying 13 points on the road. Cade Klubnik, now the starting quarterback, no uh, DJU, who is at Oregon State, picked up a nice win yesterday, but it's Klubnik's team now, Dabo Swinney, going into a new year with high expectations. 
Yeah, and this is a this Duke team is not bad, and they, they've got some uh, they've got some pieces and and a team that you know is at least going to be interesting uh, this season. So, and, and Riley Leonard is a, a you know an NFL prospect, a guy that the, the NFL scouts are salivating over, very toolsy guy. So, and seeing what DJ Uyunglele did for Oregon State makes me wonder what's going on at Clemson and if this is a, more of a Clemson problem than it was a DJ problem. Mm. Uh, but this is a this season is big for Dabo and for Clemson. And obviously starting the, starting the season with a, a conference game is, is a bit unusual, uh, but I expect them to want to go out and try to make a statement here. I, I can see Duke hanging around for a while. I think as the game wears on, though, Clemson starts to pull away. Riley Leonard, the next uh, incarnation of Daniel Jones? Could be like that's a, a lot of people. A lot of people see the uh, the similarities between those guys. So it's a, a guy who, who does a lot with his legs uh, at the college level and and has the size and and the skills to do it at the next level as well. So yeah, it's not a bad comparison for guys who played at the uh, the same school. Where would you lean uh, for a play in this game tonight? Would you look for in the prop market and maybe play something about play? Will Shipley should be a major part of this Clemson offense, or do we look to back Duke maybe in the first half? Maybe Clemson starts out a little slow working this new offense in. Yeah, you can get seven in the first half uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, 13 for the full game. So um, I, I would rather play the first half because I do think as the game wears on the physicality, you know, the, the, the bodies that they have in the trenches, especially, I always talk about this when the, these top end schools, when they play against lesser schools and like, you know, this is the same conference, but there's a, a lesser talent level at Clemson and Duke, the place where it's most noticeable is in the trenches. And when the offensive line for Duke starts to get worn down because they're going up against basically an NFL front. Uh, that that's when you start to see teams like Clemson be able to pull away. So if I if I'm looking at this game, I'm backing Duke in the first half, probably taking the seven. Uh, beyond that, I, I don't want anything to do with Duke for the full game. I just I don't think that they hold up physically. Total fifty five and a half in this one, and uh, if you are looking at you know maybe a, a rushing total prop, uh, Riley Leonard's rushing total twenty nine and a half with the over at minus one twenty. Will Shipley eighty two and a half. Uh, minus one fifteen to the over. Uh, I, might, I might take a stab at Shipley. I don't know. Don't, it takes just one 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 home run run there, and he's going to go over. Plus, if Clemson has a lead late, we'll see what happens in, in this one. Cade Klubnik passing yards two sixty six and a half. What are your thoughts? I again, I I, I would play under if anything. I, I just don't know what to expect out of this offense. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, when I think back again, I, I watched Oregon State yet, uh, yesterday and their offense looked incredible. And, yeah. you know, they didn't have the talent around DJ that, that Clemson did. They didn't have the offensive line that well, I guess Oregon State's got a pretty good offensive line, but uh, they shouldn't be able to do those things that, that he was never able to do at Clemson. Like this was one of the best games of his career. So it makes me wonder if there's something fundamentally wrong with what Clemson's trying to do. Uh, so until I saw until I see. Otherwise, I, I'm I'm going under on Klubnik props. All right. Well, we will have plenty of college football week two discussion on this week's episode of the College Football Pat Podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, just remember, subscribe to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. If you are already, make sure you're getting new episodes updated on your device. If you are not, just simply search for R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Make sure you see the feed with the updated episodes 
and make sure you're following that feed. We'd have some people complain that they might be following an incorrect feed, but Apple has corrected those mistakes. So just to make sure that you have the latest episodes, uh, check and uh, search if you don't, because they will be there on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. And of course, we appreciate you subscribing to Straight Out of Vegas as well. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well... I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. The NFL season kicks off on Thursday with the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs raising yet another Super Bowl banner as they host the Detroit Lions. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites, total of 54, and still no word as to whether or not Kansas City will have Chris Jones playing defense for them on Thursday. AJ Travis Kelsey says, we need you, man. (laughs) You got to come back. Well, he's saying, listen, Travis Kelsey is making good coin. Uh, and not that, not that Chris Jones hasn't, but, uh, you know, he, he, he is, he's got his own reasons. Uh, he feels like he's not being paid properly. And, you know, it, Travis said as much. He said he's the best defensive player in the league right now. He's deserving of all the money in the world. Please come back now. I get it. I, I get what Travis Kelsey's doing, but I also get what Chris Jones is doing. So, um, this is uh, they're in a tough spot, and you know Andy Reid seems kind of blasé about it. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not mad at him. Like this is the way he's gonna go. Okay, I, I get it." And um, 
you know, we've heard Chris Jones say he's willing to sit out till week eight. So they're in a really weird spot because Travis Kelsey's right. They do need him. Uh, I, I really believe that they're going to have a hard time being an average defense if Chris Jones isn't on the football field. Well, everyone's waiting to see if Chris Jones will get paid, and we're still waiting to see if Nick Bosa gets paid. There was a report yesterday that said that uh, Bosa is likely to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, that the 49ers are going to pay him higher than Aaron Donald, but that a contract of that magnitude takes a while to get done and – maybe he misses week one. I don't think so. I think he plays on Sunday. I expect him to play Sunday too, but again, that's mostly just things I've read over the course of the last couple of weeks that the, the 49ers, you know, I was just mentioning how Andy Reid seems kind of blase about the whole Chris Jones thing is, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. That's not been the stance of the 49ers who have said, we, this is the top priority. We want to get this guy signed. We want to get this deal done. So maybe that's what I'm hearing, but it, I, I still have full expectation that he's going to be out there week one. Well, a team that is handing out money is the Dallas Cowboys as they locked up another key piece of their offensive line, signing right tackle Terrence Steele to a five-year extension, $86.8 million. They already locked up Trayvon Diggs, Malik Hooker, Zach Martin. Uh, they, they're eventually going to lock up C.D. Lamb to a long-term. Micah Parsons eligible for an extension. It seems like the Cowboys are preparing to have a lengthy window of winning, not just right now with Dak Prescott. Seems that way, but they, they I think you mentioned with Dak Prescott, I think he's kind of the biggest question. Like, if, if, they, if they've got all these guys locked up, all this talent locked up, and they're not winning, the guy they're going to look at is Dak Prescott and say, listen, we've given you everything. What's going on here? So Dak there was a time where it felt like Dak could do no wrong. And now it feels like there's, there's starting to be some pressure on Dak Prescott that he, he really needs to make something happen because the Cowboys are really putting him in a position to win. You mentioned there's a lot of good raw. There's a lot of good roster that's been locked up for the foreseeable future. This should be a really good team. Uh, They just haven't had the success they want yet. I think that's fallen on Dak now. Trey Lance, baby. Trey Lance. There's going to be a lot of day baseball today. It is Labor Day, and uh, a lot of Major League Baseball day games. We'll go over the whole schedule coming up in just a few minutes, but let's talk about where we are in the standings right now. And, AJ, the AL West continues to be intriguing as the calendar flipped to September. Right now, the Mariners are in first place by themselves, while Texas and Houston are one game back. Now, the Rangers did win yesterday, so they gained ground on the Mariners, who lost. But the Astros have lost three uh, straight they're five and five in their last 10. They just got swept at home by the baby bombers. Yeah, the Yankees starting a young lineup yesterday. It seemed like the first time in forever where they had that many young players. Jason Dominguez with a three run homer. He homered twice in that series. And I'm still kicking myself in the rear end for not betting Jason Dominguez to homer in his major league debut. Because I just knew it was going to happen. I talked to you about the hype, and you thought that it was all fluff. You thought it was Yankee Boy over here, me, just boosting up one of my guys like I did I'm with not Andrew just, Volpe. I, I'm not saying that that it's Anthony you know, Volpe. I'm saying it's for short for. I'm not saying short term. You weren't right. I'm saying long term. I remember when Gary Sanchez started. It was like, oh my, this guy's the. I mean, this is El the next Gary. big. The, yeah, and then next, like two years later, it's like. Gary Sanchez sucks. How's this guy still in the lineup? Like, it, it, this is every major Yankees prospect. 
they start out hot and then there's like this lull where they they you know they don't live up to the hype and then Yankee fan wants to throw them in the trash. So I, I was just saying let's let's slow down a little bit. But it was a nice start. Listen, this is a, a really inexcusable series for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one the, one of the benefits they had. Uh, you know, in the division was that they had a, a favorable schedule compared to the Rangers and the Mariners. And part of that was they were playing a Yankees team that was out of contention and to, to sweep or to let the Yankees sweep you in that situation is, is really, really a bad look. So, um, you know, they, they, they're, you know, one game out is not a big deal, but for the, for, in terms of winning the division, this was an important weekend and they let it slip away a golden opportunity. And it was a wasted a wasted start by Christian Javier, who pitched really well yesterday. Yeah. You know, he did give up the three runs in one inning, and yet two of them came on the Dominguez home run. But it was still a 3-1 ball game, and they had an opportunity in the bottom of the eighth inning, and it was first and second with one out, and Altuve grounds into a double play to end the inning, and then they, they give up three runs in the top of the ninth, so they were out of it. But it just seemed like that was the gut punch when Altuve grounded into that double play. They scored one run in the first inning, and they didn't have a, a runner on second, AJ, until that bottom of the eighth. Yeah, and you're not going to win a lot of games scoring one run, uh, you know, against anybody. But that's uh, this this lineup is too good to to be doing that. So uh, disappointing, like you said. Like this was a, a young Yankees team. This wasn't this this is a team who's kind of just playing some kids to see what they've got. You shouldn't be getting swept by a team like that. That's a, that's a bad look. The Yankees are off today, but the Astros, after playing on Sunday Night Baseball at home, will travel across the state to get to Arlington. How far is that drive from Houston to Arlington? The drive is probably about four, four and a half hours. Someone tells me they're not going to be driving. Well, no, they're not driving. So what, about an hour flight? Not even? Not an hour flight, yep. About a half an hour, 45 minutes of airtime? It's up and down. It's, it's it's up and down. Uh, well, maybe they take the train. I don't know when the you know it's like the there's Yankees. no train yet. They want to build that train. Uh, they haven't built a train yet. Uh, well, Texas, get on that. I mean, I know like sometimes I'm like the you know, if the Yankees have to go down to Baltimore, they just hop on the train, get down there real quick. Uh, anyway, the Astros will take on the Mariners. Andrew Haney on the mound for Texas. JP France goes for Houston Rangers minus one twelve on the DraftKings sportsbook total of nine and a half. And that's your uh, your Sunday night fade, right? That's a, it's a, a generally a spot where you look to to fade the uh, the team it's, that was on Sunday night baseball. Yeah, but obviously the travel's not bad. But yeah, it's not just about the playing on Sunday night and then having an early turnaround because this game is you know uh, um, I guess a three o'clock Eastern time. But it's it's just the fact that the Astros have sucked. <laughs> they they haven't well, played listen, good the baseball. Ra- the Rangers have been worse. I, yeah. I mean, at least, you know, in the last few weeks. So, yeah, it seems like, you know, the Mariners who have cooled off it, right now, it seems like nobody really wants to win the AL West, which is mm-hmm. uh, is pretty wild because there's some good teams there. Just nobody really wanting to pull away. Well, your early start is the White Sox at the Royals. Cole Reagan's going for Kansas City. Jesse Schlotten's for Chicago. And the Royals are minus 155. Go figure. When would you ever say that? Royals are minus 155. That is a, that is a rare – we haven't heard that much at all this season. Yeah, in this, uh, in this game. The Cubs will host the Giants. Justin Steele against Logan Webb. This is an incredible pitching matchup. No total yet. Totals at Wrigley don't come out until the day of, and we find out the weather and the wind. But the Cubs are minus 155. 42 
right now in this game. Giants plus 120 on the comeback. The Blue Jays are at the A's. Ken Waldachuk goes for Oakland. Jose Barrios for Toronto. Blue Jays minus 198. The Rockies are in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly for Arizona. Peter Lambert for Colorado. Diamondbacks minus 250. Red Sox at the Rays. Aaron Savale goes for Tampa. Brian Bello for the Red Sox. Tampa's minus 142. Twins are at the Guardians. Lucas Giolito getting a start for the Guardians. So it still makes no sense to me. Like this, like the, the Guardians are out of the mix. Why why were they picking up waiver wire? It's just it's an just, odd choice. I don't know. Saving arms or or maybe maybe they, maybe they maybe just they like think the they guy. got a shot. Yeah, maybe they do think they have a shot. You know, you're looking right now at the standings in the central. They're five games out, so maybe that's just one good weekend. And, hey, this series will be it. Like, they play Minnesota, so Pablo Lopez goes for the Twins. Twins are minus 130, but let's figure this from from the the Cleveland perspective. Uh, If they sweep this series, well, hey, they're right back in the division race. You're right. Maybe I'm I'm not uh, giving them enough credit. And maybe that's what Cleveland was looking at when they looked at the waiver wire was they looked at this series coming up against Minnesota – and now they can throw Lucas Giolito and see what happens in this game. Uh, the Phillies will be at the Padres. Rich Hill goes for San Diego. Taiwan Walker for Philadelphia. The Phillies minus 112. And then your uh, one night game is the Orioles at the Angels. Kenny Rosenberg getting the start for the Angels. That's a made-up person. And Grayson person. Rodriguez will start for the Orioles. Wasn't Orioles. Kenny Rosenberg one of the jerky boys? Was Ken- No. Saul was- Rosenberg. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our audience is probably way too young. You're, pro- to you're know probably what the jerky right. boys are. Look like, up the jerky boys. That's a uh, it's key pop culture. From... So I feel like would our audience know what Crank Yankers is? Probably. Okay, so Crank. So the Jerky Boys were Crank Yankers before Crank Yankers, and like without puppets, like it was just yeah. but. It's the same theory. It was there were these cassette tapes. Remember cassette tapes, guys? There were cassette tapes of prank phone calls with different characters. And they were the jerky boys. Like, yeah. 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 Look Great. it up. Uh Grayson Rodriguez starts with the Orioles, Baltimore, minus one eight. Team USA basketball out at the FIBA tournament. Uh, they took a loss this weekend. And it's not the end of the world because Listen, it, they're still they're already in the medal round. It's it's uh they play on Tuesday against Italy. This isn't a disaster where they're sixteen and a half point favorites against Italy. But this is a this is sort of a wake up call for a team that was kind of rolling through things. Uh, they lose by six to Lithuania, although the the game itself wasn't that close for most of the game. Do you do you have any concerns? that the U.S. team may have had their confidence shaken here? Because this is a team, like I said, that was just rolling through everybody. Is, is, does this kind of make them feel a little vulnerable? Or could it be a good thing that they feel a little bit vulnerable? Obviously, I'm, I'm a guy that always thinks that losing is a good learning opportunity. I don't know how much effort went into this game because they already knew their placing their placement in the next round. And I just don't think that this was, you know, a maximum effort game from Team USA. Uh, this is, yeah, to me, I don't think that this was, I, I don't think this was anything to be concerned about. Okay. Well, we'll see how they do uh, tomorrow against Italy. 
uh, hopefully get things back on track because now the games count. Now they got to now they've got to start winning some games. Yeah, and uh, they are minus one twenty five to win the entire tournament. We've talked about uh, Canada, Team Canada. And remember, there was that bet that I talked about, oh, betting Canada to win because you can bet on DraftKings, the winner without USA. And then if if Canada gets to the finals and plays against the United States, well, then you win your bet already. And you can make that bet still. Canada is plus 170 to be the winner without Team USA. And we talked about Canada's top five being uh, an NBA level starting five. Well, the bracket came out for the knockout round and they are on the opposite side of the bracket from Team USA, which means that they do have the opportunity to match up with them in the championship, but they have to get by Luka Doncic and Slovenia first. Canada only a two and a half point favorite against Slovenia in this game. Uh, The other game that will be played on uh, Wednesday, Latvia and Germany. Germany, a two and a half point favorite. And your other Tuesday game, along with the U.S. and Italy tomorrow, is Lithuania a half point over Serbia. So if you're looking at the futures, USA is the favorite to win this thing at minus 125. Canada plus 450 is next. If you want to bet the market, the winner without USA, it's Canada plus 170, Germany plus 400 as the top two favorites. Well, if the U.S. is going to win, they need some secondary scoring to step up. Anthony Edwards with 35 in that game against Lithuania. The the next closest guys had 14. That was Brunson and Bridges. Uh, just a, a, a rough offensive game for the U.S. If you would like to save money on at pregame.com, you want to get a daily best bet, maybe a college football bet for tonight's game or an NFL bet for Thursday. Well, speaking of FIBA, let's use the promo code FIBA20, F-I-B-A-20, FIBA20 is going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. We have great packages available for you. You can get the entire NFL season, and you want to jump on board now because the season starts on Thursday. You don't want to miss a pick from your favorite pregame pro. So get the entire NFL season. You can get the entire college football season. Even though you missed a week, you can still jump on board a college football package. It's all available for you at pregame.com. You can take 20% off using the code FIBA20 at pregame.com we are still also accepting entries into our free to enter contests just go to pregame.com and click on contests we have the beat steve fezzik and uh college football contest and we have the like super contest nfl contest both free to enter and you can win real cash 500 dollars for the college football winner with a chance to double those winnings to a thousand if you beat Fez and then 1500 up for grabs in the like super contest or free entry into next next year's Westgate super contest for AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM. <laughs>